0: Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Tik Talking. I'm your host, Kevin Hughes. Today's guest is such a fabulous guest. She goes by the name of Stephanie Nash. Stephanie is a country singer, a rancher, full-time agriculturalist, and it's just, it was such an amazing conversation, and it was really interesting to get to know everything that was going on in this world that we don't see behind the scenes. We're really struggling, guys. Really pay attention to this and get involved if you can. We need it. You know, we need all the help with everything going on in this world today. The last thing we need is our food supply to suffer. So come on, guys, get involved. And if you haven't heard Stephanie Nash, definitely look her up. Such a fabulous voice. Absolutely amazing musician. Her music is on Spotify and she's, yeah, you need to hear it. It's amazing. So without further ado, guys. Here's Stephanie Nash, this week on TikToking, with me, Kevin Hughes. Enjoy. TikToking, TikToking, where creators come to play. TikToking, TikToking, find out what they have to say. TikToking, TikToking, fascinating interview. Tick talking, a tick talking. Tick talking with Kevin Hughes. Hey guys, it's Kevin Hughes from Tick Talking, and before we get to the show, I just wanted to tell you about my live show at the Oriental Theater in Denver, Colorado, July 7th. I'm going to have special guests, Rise, Henricks, Christian McCartney, and Jeremy and Carrie Muner, and we're going to do some live podcasting live music, and live stand-up comedy. You guys won't want to miss this. It's going to be so fun, so funny. I mean, come on, Rice Hendricks? You know that means weird bars, right? What more do I have to say about that? Tickets starting at only 25 bucks, and you can buy them now at TheOrientalTheater.com. Remember, guys, July 7th, The Oriental Theater in Denver, Colorado. So buy your tickets now, TheOrientalTheater.com, and come join us for some fun and laughs. What more can I say? Be there, guys. All right, let's get back to the show. Today, my guest is the wonderful Stephanie Nash. How are you?
1: Good, how are you?
0: I'm doing well. Thank you for coming on the show today.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me.
0: Of course. And where are you calling us from?
1: Uh, Nashville, Tennessee.
0: All right. And were you born and raised there?
1: Actually, born and raised in Fresno, California. Um, this the story about us is we moved our dairy farm in 2014 out of California, kind of like the push we're seeing in the last year. Um, we just did it a little bit sooner. And so now we're an hour outside of Nashville uh, dairy farming for eight years now.
0: Oh, wow. So I know you do country music. So you also sing and uh, do the farming stuff, huh?
1: Yeah. So singing kind of is funny. So we had Long story short, uh, Charlie Daniel's godson was hoof trimming at our dairy farm, and oh, just wow. her job, and he was a songwriter as well. So I kind of didn't really have the avenue or interest, I guess, to uh, go into country music. It kind of just found its way back into me. And so uh, you know, just writing and singing country music has been kind of part of my career for the last three years. so
0: Wow, so have you always been a singer then?
1: Yeah, I used to sing in church, and then I really got into songwriting probably in college. Um, I didn't know how much time I would be able to to really, you know, dedicate myself to it because of the dairy farm, but we found time, and it's been a great advocacy for agriculture, I think, as well as just using my passion to, to sing some good country music.
0: Did you always know that you wanted to sing country, or was there a different type of genre that you were more interested in when you were younger?
1: You know, my vocal coach always made me sing Italian, but, you know, I didn't want to, uh, (laughs) it was more like a, you know, etiquette thing for your vocals. I thought it was really fun when I was young, but yeah, country music has always been my passion and kind of where I can relate to, I guess.
0: So I, I heard your stuff on Spotify and you have an amazing voice, by the way. I was just curious, are you signed by a label or are you doing everything independently?
1: I'm not signed by a label. Uh, You know, COVID really put a damper in things. I was making some momentum with my new singles, kind of introducing myself to the country world. And then we had a break. And it's been a little tough to get back into the routine I was in before COVID. Before COVID, I feel like the dairy farm was in a little bit better of a place. And, uh, you know, we took a big hit just like a lot of industries. And You know, it's it's with inflation and gas prices and food prices and everything else, you know, everything's getting more expensive. So Mm -hmm. if opportunities come my way to do music, my dad has always told me we'll make it happen. But I feel like as a family business and somebody that, you know, their industry is dying really quickly. um, I have to dedicate myself to the farm and advocating for agriculture and just showing the world why we feed the world and if the music comes, you know, and some opportunities are coming up, there's going to be, um, a music video and a new single in the next two weeks. So I'm excited for that.
0: Oh, very cool. So do you post everything on a a YouTube channel?
1: Yeah. So I'll post it on YouTube, but it will be on mainstream, um, for social media, um, and also any like streaming platforms. Um, and then there'll be a music video. Actually this is my big project that I've been working on for three months um, the music video will highlight women in agriculture across the United States. So I have anywhere from a veterinarian in Oregon, from New York farm girls in New York. So um, I think it's going to be a big wide wide opener for uh, potential next generation farmers. Even you know, not even women, but just like moms sitting at home that you know really don't know where their food comes from, and hopefully they can educate themselves off our of farmer and rancher. So that's what I've been working on.
0: And can you talk a little bit more about the agriculture advocate that that you do? Like, what what exactly is it and uh, what it's all about?
1: Yeah, so I think about two years ago is when I was finally kind of just done with the fake media and the fake marketing. There's been a lot of um, bad commercials, bad YouTube videos, bad everything coming out of activists and just all around, you know, government. I feel like the USDA is not what it used to be to support family farmers and ranchers. It's a big money game, and uh, I tell people all the time, PETA and ASPCA is not who you think they are. Um, you know, family farmers and ranchers go through droughts and through floods and through devastation. People like Farm Rescue and neighbor farm, family farmers and friends are there to help, not those organizations. So, In my advocacy, I really try to push people into organizations and people that really do want to change for agriculture and see the sustainability of our food supply. Um, I think it's important for us to be educated. You know, I grew up around a dad that was very um, hands on with Farm Bureau, president of the Dairy Challenge, Butter, a lot of stuff in California that I just looked up to because he stood up for agriculture, maybe not on social media like I do um but in you know regulations and water availability and everything that makes a decision of how you guys get the food to the grocery store um i'm proud to say my dad was a part of that in california and now in tennessee so i'm a little bit more with the social media and hopefully getting next generations growing up to respect their farmers and ranchers and hopefully to change the world by you know saying hey farmers and ranchers are going to really predict the price of where our food is going and how much we are going to depend on American grown and other organizations can't say that. So really just using my advocacy to be a voice of what my family has gone through moving from California and what we continue to do for our agriculture industry here in Tennessee.
0: And have you seen a lot of positive feedback on social media for everything that you're doing?
1: Yeah, I'll tell you. At first, you know, my dad is not, again, not a social media guy um, and so he was a little afraid at first, you know, I was being pretty vocal and, um, not really afraid to speak my mind. As you know, Kevin, I, mm-hmm. I, I'm very honest, you know, um, and it's not just me, you know, doing the information. It might just be me on the, me on the, you know, forefront of TikTok or Instagram or whatever. But the biggest thing is like, I travel across the world all the time. I meet family farmers and ranchers. So anytime they have a regulation or maybe something happening, in their state that is what i want to predict on my page so it's not just my page it's family farmers and ranchers across the world that want to communicate uh with the everyday american and so yeah i don't get negative comments very often um it's usually when i make a joke about milk or something and people get a little butthurt about the lactose intolerant or you know just like the almond milk subject and you know i know everybody has different immune systems and can drink something but I really do love that wholesome milk I produce it and I think it's just the best thing for our bodies so
0: Yeah sure and and honestly uh when I came across your live and and I listened to you I mean that was really why I asked you to be on here cuz I could tell that you were upfront you were honest you were passionate about what you do and and you know I thought maybe this would be a good chance for you to get it out to a whole different type of uh, of uh, audience, you know, not just TikTokers, but now across the podcast world, and um, I think what you do is really great. I live here in Colorado, so I mean, we have a lot of farming up here, and actually, it's it, it seems to be dwindling away a little bit. Um, houses are popping up in all these places that used to just be countryside where I where I grew up, you know, and it, it's really sad and it, and it sucks, but I'm really happy that people are out there trying to do what you're doing and I think it's for a good cause and I agree with you 100%. Yeah,
1: it's funny that you say Colorado because I was actually there last year. They were going through a big drought. The farmers were really struggling, you know, the the Boulder Uh, Denver, Colorado situation, while I am not trying to offend anybody on this podcast, um, it it also is a big educational piece that I talk about the bigger cities. They have a lot more drive, a lot more money, and they don't really take care of the outside world. And I always Mm -hmm. tell them the outside world is what puts food on the table and your steak dinner that you're paying for at nighttime. So, um, it was, you know, a, an eye opener to go to Colorado Springs and see so many houses going up so fast. Amazon was building there, you know, land was getting more expensive and water availability was getting less for the ranchers out there. So I know they were going through a, a rough time. I don't know if it would change any soon, unfortunately, um, for that state, but you know, I'm praying for Colorado farmers. Cause I saw the devastation last time I was there. And it's not just there, it's across our country. So it's a topic we don't discuss enough. I think it's a topic that we should be discussing. I think Americans are opening their eyes a little bit as they're seeing more shelves empty. You know, they're having to rely on the neighborhood farmers and ranchers. And I love that. Mm -hmm. Uh, But in the end, we shouldn't be in this situation. We shouldn't be importing our food. And we should really depend um, on American homemade in our country and just be you know, have food security is the biggest thing.
0: I've gone into my local grocery store numerous times in the past month and a half, and I can't even find cucumbers. It's it's, it's ridiculous. <laughs> like it really yeah. is. <laughs> so is so is that the whole reason you joined on TikTok was to get spread this word, or or what was your initial thought on getting on TikTok?
1: Well, it's crazy. Okay, so during COVID, farmers had the chance to get some, you know, grant money. Um, I always like to tell people grant money is for us farmers that are doing a good job and deserve it, you know, of the prices that are underpaid and undercut for farmers. I think it's okay for us to get a grant now and then. Well, the biggest issue during covid was a lot of farmers weren't getting it. Like the dairy industry has cut 60 percent. Beef farmers were seeing a price decrease, even though supply was increasing. And then you have the pork industry that is probably the number one livestock industry decreasing in the United States. And California can see that heads on now. I think bacon is like 13 or $14 over there right now. Uh, But the biggest thing was I got on there and I was just mad. I was just mad about the USDA. I was mad about our leaders, Um, you know, in the country, especially with that program of taking care of farmers that might make extra money anyways. Like there was a lot of corn and soybean farmers And a lot of other industries that were making a lot of money um, that probably still needed help. But there was a lot of livestock industry that was getting dismissed. Um, And I think, you know, when it comes to agriculture, livestock gets a lot of bad publicity. Um, And it's something that, you know, investors are not going to, you know, invest in. The government's not going to care about the livestock industry. They're going to care about things that will make them money. And so when it came to, like, some of the industries, they were getting funding and then You know, the USDA was talking about funding going to the dairy industry. Well, I was talking to dairy farmers across the country that weren't getting help. And so it was just frustrating to me to see, you know, lies spreading through Washington, D.C. and, you know, farmers relying on a grant that they said they were going to get that they didn't end up getting. So that's kind of what started it. Didn't even know it was going to blow up. I think it got 1.2 million, uh, I guess, looks at or whatever it's called. uh,
0: Views, Views, yeah.
1: So... uh, (laughs) Yeah. So that's kind of what started this whole journey. And then I just went with it. I'm a very, I've always been very outspoken. Um, my parents know me a little bit too well. Um, but I always want to stand up for the little guy. And we've been the little guy for too long. And so I think it's time for us to, to start, you know, putting people in office that are going to make a change for world communities and start educating moms and dads sitting at home that's Want to build their house in the countryside? Well, that's great, but you have to respect the people that have been there for generations. Um, and so, that's my biggest message, I guess, on TikTok. And then it blew up, and here we are. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: It, and so, do you mind me asking how old you are?
1: Twenty-eight.
0: Twenty-eight. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah, you're you're really intelligent, and I like to see that. Like, I I love the drive, and I love the passion, and I, I'm trying to think of something. Else that could put that word out there, you know. I don't know if like blogging or or something just to make more people aware. Because I think you know, even if you have three, four hundred thousand followers, a million followers, like that's still just a little piece mm-hmm. of what it really is, you know. And I don't know. I, maybe you know of some different ways, but I'm just my mind's going right now. Like, hmm, how else can she get it out there? But I think it's really cool what you're doing. And what do you think is other than the leadership part, like why, why do you think we're struggling so much about getting all of our produce and, and, and meat and everything here in the U.S.? Why are they trying to outsource everything?
1: I think the biggest thing is price. You know, a lot of these politicians, a lot of these, you know, people in leadership uh, think it's a lot easier to import our products and the labeling system is broken. For those of you guys who don't really know about like labeling or food supply or anything like that, you know, the USDA compared to like countries like Australia, like it could be shipped here and processed here, harvested here, and it could still say USA, even though it was raised in a different country. And so like, if you go to countries like Australia, it's a percentage of where it was raised compared to where it was harvested, where it was, you know, packaged, all of that stuff. And the USDA has been saying for years that they want to change that labeling system. I would love smaller family farms to have the you know media coverage or just the label that they deserve because honestly so many times and you know you go to walmart and it says a walmart brand or a kroger brand or a save mart brand and it's made from a family farmer near you and sometimes if it has non-gmo or organic or natural you think that's a little bit better than the product sitting next to you when in reality these big companies pay for those labels to make it seem healthier. And it's really the same product just made into um, seeming that it's gonna be a little bit better for you when in reality, the family farmer that can't afford the label that's still producing and doing it the right way and on a smaller scale, that is the product you should be picking up in the grocery store. So I think moving forward, if I were to, you know, stand behind somebody that was really executing some stronger feelings about the labeling system for our food supply, I would 100% vote for them um, or try to support them in any way. Um, I just think, you know, a lot of our representatives have cowered down on the agriculture subject, and there's going to come a time where we are going to be hurting. I I don't see it happening real soon, uh, but I would say in the next five or 10 years, I would say they're going to continue to push plant-based They're going to continue to push chemically grown food because they have laboratories to do it and they don't need farmers or ranchers because those are the people they are not invested in, and the people they can't control. That's the biggest thing. Control the food supply, control the people. I say it all the time on my TikToks and I truly believe that. You know, I saw dictatorship in California. I saw Pelosi really going against agriculture and she's not going to stop anytime soon. And so for listeners out there, you know, plant-based is going to hurt our environment even more. We keep building, we keep modernizing everything into what we want to be fancy, but we forget there's land availability and water availability that we need to support ourselves and our food supply.
0: How has this impacted your family? What is the outcome? How has it been with your family? Like, what have you guys had to give up or sacrifice uh, due to everything going on?
1: Well, honestly, we didn't sacrifice much. Obviously, leaving California was a sacrifice. We were in Mm -hmm. the largest agriculture county in the United States. A lot of people just see Los Angeles and San Francisco and they don't see like where the majority of our food actually comes from. Um, And so that was a big sacrifice because I really did believe we were in the best county for agriculture, but we just couldn't compete with the big cities and we were just never going to win. Um, so when it comes to Tennessee, they have a strong Farm Bureau. They have a strong backing. Um, they have strong education here. Uh, the thing that worries me in the future is how close is Nashville going to get? Um, it's good for us in a sense to where we have the creamery. Um, we sell our own products. So my brother makes the ice cream and then we have cheese. So we're getting into that, uh, avenue. I also started farm tours last year. Um, So that has been a really big success for me to get moms and their kids out to educate themselves about where their product comes from. I think so many times we rely on social media to share with us the lifestyle of a farmer. And that's not what I want for our future. I want my generation and the generations coming up to be a really strong voice for agriculture and shoot down the fake news. If we can do that, we will be unstoppable. And it's going to be really hard to educate yourself with somebody on the internet that has never farmed with a, you know, like me, a fourth generation dairy farmer. Um, so in, in terms of, you know, leaving things behind California, you know, my dad grew up there. That's where his dad, you know, died and he took over the farm at a young age and that's all he's ever known as dairy farming since he was 24 years old and he's 62 now. So it's been a long road for him in dairy farming. Um, but in the end we've got a lot of, you know, we got, we've been, Having a lot of publicity, Um, you know, I was on Fox News twice already talking about agriculture and different, you know, things going on with there. And, you know, people can say, well, you know, I don't like Fox News. Okay, well, it's getting out to maybe two or three million people. That is a subject that nobody talks about. So if I can be one person on Fox News that is a farmer talking about issues and talking about our future and food supply, I'm going to take it because it is a big opportunity for us to be a voice for ourselves on a bigger platform. And so, um, you know, just making those relationships, I really see myself heading in a bigger position in the next two years to be a spokesperson across our country and just fight for the American farmer and rancher and, and see where my career goes. I mean, obviously I take care of a lot of animals too. So we'll have to see, uh, you know, what sacrifices can be made and, and kind of what, where we can make a difference in agriculture.
0: Is that kind of what you do for your family farm now? Are you kind of like the spokesperson, or do you also take on the labor as well?
1: No, I do both. So um, Mm. I do Friday, Saturday, Sunday feedings for the calves, and then I have margarita and payla. They do Monday through Thursday, Um, but I am there every morning. It doesn't matter if I'm not scheduled for that day. I always come in and check on the herd. Um, and I oversee about 1200 animals on and off site with our calf and heifer program for the little ones. Um, and then I also do a lot of management. Uh, we just started selling the cheese, so that's new. Uh, so I'm really just trying to push sales for the cheese. Um, the biggest thing that's gonna, why I wanted to get into sales, cause it's really going to give back to the dairy farm financially. Um, mm-hmm. but knows anything about a dairy farm <laughs> or doesn't know. Uh, we do not make a lot of money in the dairy industry right now And you have to have another outlet to support the dairy farm like I love the dairy farms I love the cows. I love being able to say hey 56.97, man I loved her as a baby and then you see her as a cow and she's milking 95 pounds and You're like man. I raised a good cow by the way a 95 pound cow is a great cow.
0: <laughs> yeah, okay
1: Stuff like that just like I really love the animals. I've always had a passion for it. I always can feel if they're getting sick or if something's wrong or if they're just having a great day, like out in the sun, like it's, it's just the intuition I grow up on and my dad's got it too. So I don't know where we would be without the cows. It's part of our life. And that's what I want for, you know, my family. And I know that's what my dad wanted for us. And um, it's just a life I decided to choose, but yeah, I do the advocacy on on top of that. So when I travel, I have, um, you know, guys and, and, gals that fill in for me and I fill in for them when they need to go on vacation. So it's a, it's a whole around team. Margarita is my sweetest little, I call her my grandma cause I don't have any grandmas left. Mm. Um, she cooks me tamales and she takes care of the babies when I'm gone and she's like the best employee ever. So we have a great team. Uh, we have guys that have been working for us for 16 years. We really pride ourselves off being a dairy farm that you can last at, have a career at, have ownership at. And so, um, I think that's the future for us is just bringing in guys that really want a career in dairy farming and seeing the potential that it has for, you know, their ability to be passionate about feeding the world.
0: Do you think that when you get to the point where I believe you're going to get to with your music and you're going to be touring and, and doing all of that, do you think you're going to bring this side of things to the stage with you and, and maybe like not only share your music, but share your side of agriculture and what you feel is right. And and I guess bring it all as one.
1: Oh, yeah, I, I've even thought about it. Like if I ever get the chance to go on tour, I would love for my opening little thing to be a farmer or rancher that the state I'm in. So let's just say I'm in outside of Chicago. Well, I want to bring in a farmer from Illinois that I can share their story with because I do a series called The Life of a Farmer. So it's on YouTube and RFDTV. And so I travel a lot and I video, you know, video them of their life. So they talk about what's going on in their state, what industry they're in and like just their passion for agriculture and if I can start off with a two minute video and then walk on stage and sing about agriculture, like I would be in heaven because I think country music has kind of gotten away from that. You know, there's a lot of great songwriters in town, but I really pride myself on trying to at least release one or one song a year about agriculture or about my upbringing or just, you know, having something in the song that that points back to my advocacy. Um, of course, I do a lot of other music too, some like uh you know, edgy country music. Cause I love it. That's, that's my personality. And I also do ballads. Um, mm. but I really want to bring back the lifestyle into country music. Cause I think we've lost that a little bit.
0: And on your music, I, I hear a, a, male voice as well. Um, is it the same person that, that you're singing with on every song?
1: Oh, that's just like the background music. Okay. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so Kent Wells is actually Dolly Parton's producer. That's who produces my stuff. Um, and he does, like, the background harmonies and stuff like that. So that's that's mainly what it uh, is. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. What I
0: was going to say is Nashville has got to be, like, I mean, I've never personally been there, but I've heard about it, and I, I heard it's just the best place to be when it comes to music, you know, and uh, the opportunity there is pretty much like L.A. is with, with acting, you know. Okay. And um, I think that with that opportunity, I can foresee you probably moving in that direction in the future, you know. And uh, I guess where I'm going with this is with it being the way it is now in Nashville, are you still doing a lot of um, local clubs or local venues and performing live uh, quite a bit or not very much?
1: So I really have backed off music um, when it Mm. comes to like networking and going out because there's been so many avenues of opportunity for the advocacy part. And I feel like in my heart, that's where I'm needed. I always, everybody always asks about music. Like I'm going to the machinery show in Louisville this weekend and, you know, I'm sponsored to go there and sit at a booth and they're going to like promote my music. So every opportunity in agriculture, everybody always asks about my music. Um, you know, I can only do so much, you know, it's, it's really hard for me to juggle feeding calves and then going out at 11 o'clock at night and singing. And I love doing songwriters rounds. I love networking. I love meeting people. Um, but it's really hard to juggle both and get sleep and be productive and, and taking some meetings that I've been taking lately um, with some more opportunities. So Nashville is a funny, funny place, too, because you can work really hard and they can really like you. But if they're not your style or they don't believe in what you believe in, they don't really give you the same chances. And sometimes Nashville can look for certain people um, that have a certain sound or a certain look or come from a certain background. And I just don't know if they're really wanting the honest farmer rancher right now or if they're wanting the pop country like that kind of scene. And I think Mm. everybody is talented, but I think, you know, I really have to use my time wisely and resources wisely. And I think if people fall in love with me through agriculture, they'll definitely fall in love with my music and what I do on that, on that end too. Okay. Yeah.
0: Back to TikTok now. (laughs) Um, sorry, I'm jumping all around. I apologize. (laughs) Um, On your live videos, when you go live, are you strictly talking about agriculture or have you gone on live to bring up other subjects or just hang out or when you get on, you're just, nope, we're talking agriculture. That's all I'm doing.
1: No, I usually talk, I mean, mostly agriculture, but I also talk about like if I have shows coming up or like it, like the single, it's kind of tricky because I can post, you know, agriculture stuff and then I post my music and it doesn't do as well or it's the opposite. The music does really good and then the agriculture doesn't do
0: very good. So
1: trying to find that balance of what TikTok likes and Mm -hmm. also the audience is kind of tricky. Um, But I definitely like want to keep going with the agriculture thing, you know, with the series, those always do really good on views. And I hope like I have more coming out in like the music video with women in agriculture. I just hope that TikTok is still an avenue that I can grow in and hopefully, by the end of the year, we're at, like, 500,000 followers. That would be fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Um, and just continue, like, the advocacy of agriculture with the music and with everything else that I'm taking on in life.
0: <laughs> okay. Yeah. And do you do you have a ultimate goal that you would like to achieve on social media?
1: I mean, it would be nice eventually to get, you know, to 1 million followers and have people that really are on there for – support and to listen to what I'm talking about. You know, there's a couple of other dairy farmers on TikTok, but they mainly focus on everyday life. Like this is, it's really hard to find people that are willing to talk about regulations and what is actually going on in our country. Um, And I'm just not afraid to talk about it because I think it's something we should be talking about. Um, and I think people are listening. Like I, I really don't get very much negative feedback. If it is, it's somebody just trolling or somebody that just doesn't want to like me just because they don't like me. So that's okay. It's not going to hurt my feelings, but I would say 99.9% of my followers really believe in what I say and really want to make a difference in their local agriculture communities. And, um, I just feel like our country needs to head in that direction to be able, uh, you know, to just have a good life and have a good country on, on farmers and ranchers. And so, yeah, I mean, TikTok's been great. It's been a great platform. It's been fun. I never knew it was going to do this, but yeah. future looking in, I mean, would be just to grow, continue to grow, continue to advocate and just do everything I can to get different sponsorships and different opportunities to be uh, on a stage or even uh, on bigger platforms. So,
0: yeah. And you mentioned, uh, the trolls, And I was kind of curious about that on your live videos. uh, Do you have a lot of, you know, the younger men or just younger kids trying to, I guess, separate you from what your main topic is and, you know, the, the show me the feet or, or, you know, you know what I mean? Like just the negative.
1: I mean, I don't really have a lot of that stuff. Like, Mm. It's mainly like she doesn't know what she's talking about. And then I go to the page and they have like five followers and I'm like, yeah, you're a real farmer, aren't you? But I have a lot of, um, what are they called? They called mentors.
0: Oh, moderators.
1: Yeah. Moderators. Yeah. Mm. So like they're always on and they always like block real quick. So they're good too. Lives are tricky because some of them are my followers obviously, Um, but I don't deal with too much negativity. It's actually been really good. And if I do, like, I try to educate them as much as possible, but but when they start attacking other people, that's what I'm like, okay, block, like, you're wasting your breath and you shouldn't be attacking people that are just trying to help you get educated. It's like the people that like you murder animals and blah, 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 like the scripted stuff. So in college, I went through a class about activists. So I know all their tricks. I know like what they're supposed to say. And it just <laughs> on the other end of the camera, I'm just laughing because I'm like heard that like a million times. Like, so I mean, it, it is what it is, but I just stay positive and I'm very honest, like you said. So um, I just throw it right back in their face.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, I really enjoy what you do and everything you stand for. Like I told you earlier and you know, I think that I'm hoping that this is, will really get out there to the people who follow this podcast and and really put some education into their minds and really make them think about what's going on. Cause I mean, honestly until you told me all of this, like I, I didn't realize it was going on, you know, like for someone who doesn't do that on a daily basis, you know, we don't really know what's going on behind the scenes. So for you to talk about it has definitely got me thinking and wanting to somehow get involved and, and be a part of that. So I think what you're doing is great. I think you do have the voice for it. I think you have that, like I told you, that drive and that passion that's going to get the word out bigger than this podcast, bigger than the Fox, you know? And um, I mean, I I have a great following on here, but I think you're bound for bigger things and uh, yeah, I just think what you do is amazing. And I have some fast round um, questions to get to know you a little bit better, if that's okay. Yeah, let's go. (laughs) Okay. It has nothing to do with what we've been discussing, but it's just kind of to get to know you a little bit better.
1: Um,
0: Your favorite movie and favorite TV show.
1: Ooh. Okay. So I love pacifier, the movie. Mm. Like I have always loved that movie. They're like, really? I'm like, yeah, I just love it. Um, The Peter Pan dance or whatever he does. (laughs) <laughs> uh, Joe, whoa um <laughs> i mean i could say yellowstone because i really do love yellowstone because as an advocate most of that stuff is true um mm-hmm. the train station not so much evidently but my montana friends say it could be true um but yeah i mean yellowstone's great i love any cooking show i cannot cook worth to save my life but that's a good one <laughs>
0: And I meant to ask earlier, are you married or have children?
1: Um, I have a boyfriend, yeah. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Cool.
0: So how does he deal with, with your busy schedule? Is he uh, pretty on board with it or does he get frustrated sometimes?
1: It's balance. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, he doesn't come from a busy family. Like, that's all I've ever known. We've done sports, year-round swimming, agriculture, showing cattle. Like, me and my dad are the same person. Mm. <laughs> and don't stop. Uh, that's our life. Like that's all I've ever known. And I feel like making that progress, it requires a lot of work. So it's balance and it's me learning when to slow down too, though. (laughs) All right. Yeah. Uh,
0: Okay. And how about your favorite restaurant?
1: Ooh, that's a hard one, man. I'm a steak girl. So any steakhouse, um, I love, uh, but I love In n Out. I mean, that's a to go to. Is um, I'm an In and Out girl. Sorry, Whataburger fans. I think In n Out is way better. Uh, I agree. <laughs> yeah.
0: We just got them here in Colorado, so now I have to ask. So you're a steak girl. How do you like your steak?
1: <laughs> I actually like buying medium well. I am. Okay. I I just have never been a like red ish girl. Now my best friend can eat it like raw and be fine. So I'm just like, okay, we're totally opposite ends, but yeah, I could do medium too, but I do like medium. Well, just a good steak. Um, yeah.
0: And the reason I asked that is because, you know, I, I think it's kind of silly how people judge another person on how <laughs> they eat their steak Yeah. because I think that everybody has their own taste bud. So it doesn't matter. Like if you like it well done, Then you like it well done. If you like it rare, then you like it rare. I don't understand. Like, how can you eat a steak like that? Well, it's because that's how I like it. You know what I mean? Like, I don't. I don't know why it's always such a big deal. Yeah. Never made sense to me. (laughs) (laughs) Your favorite cartoon character growing up?
1: (laughs) Oh, funny. Okay, Rugrats. Uh, Ah, Yes. Like literally, when I was little. So I was. I was. Long story short, I was born with migraines, so I always had issues with with that and so my mom bought me a Dill doll when i was like two and like i had that thing up till i was probably 13 because (laughs) that's what i did yeah (laughs) but yeah rugrats was always my go-to i mean you couldn't go wrong with rugrats right yeah
0: did did you have a favorite out of the the bunch
1: yeah i don't know tommy was funny he was like the main character but yeah i i mean they were all kind of cool and then his brother uh deal was cool too
0: so are you a stay-at-home person or a go-out person
1: not a stay-at-home person at all
0: you're not a stay-at-home person
1: no 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 uh i love to go like i mean when it comes to like being out on the farm all day i can stay home but i love to travel i love to go experience new restaurants i love to just go out and talk to people like no sleep no sleep (laughs) Mm. yeah
0: Okay, and finally, who is your favorite TikTok creator?
1: Oh gosh, <laughs> um, I'm gonna have to say Grow Corn 2020. He is hilarious. Um, if you do not like profanity, <laughs> I would not <laughs> follow him. But he tells how it is, and he's just so funny. He's growing so fast, and he's a corn uh, corn farmer and Yeah, I really do like him because you think I say it how it is. He really says it how it is. So he's probably one of my favorites. And then I love Iowa Dairy Farmer because he does a lot of education and stuff like that. So, yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah. Well, cool. Well, Stephanie, this has been so much fun. And believe it or not, even in this little amount of time, I've learned so much and I can't say it enough. You, I like what you're doing and I think it's great what you're doing. And I really appreciate you taking the time to come out and, and speak to me and, you know, speak to the listeners and tell them, you know, how things really are out there and how things are, you know, we're in, we're in trouble and it needs to be fixed. And, and I really hope that people are listening and I hope that they somehow get involved and, and, Stick up for the local farmers and it's just, it's amazing what you do. So I appreciate you coming on.
1: Yeah. Thanks so much.
0: All right. Well, you have a good night. Okay.
1: Yeah, you too. All
0: right. We'll talk soon. See ya.
1: <laughs> TikToking,
0: a tick talking with Kevin Hughes. Stephanie was such a fun guest to have on. Am I wrong? So interesting. So passionate. Everything she does, she just puts all her heart into. Such a hard worker. For only 28, she has done so much and has so much more ahead of her. It was really cool. Just a great conversation. I really love that all you guys stick around till the end. You know you're my favorites. And as always, guys, I'm going to have another fabulous guest next week on the show. But if I don't see you, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. Bye-bye now.